I've always been a home recycler. So my late partner was mad about it. So we tried to do as much as we could here, but it's difficult, obviously. I found out about a thing called Sustainable Salon. So it's an amazing hairdresser family, a guy and his wife who both hairdressers who just were smart. They saw the hole in it, the fact that nothing could be recycled. Things like we use so much plastic and so much. We go through kilos of foil a day doing people's colors and you just put it in the bin. There's nothing that could be done with it. As a business, you have to pay for waste pickup and they don't have anybody that does recycling. So when I found about this, it was amazing and it costs nothing. It costs $2 per client to have every single piece of waste that we have recycled, everything. So everything we do, our all our plastics are completely recycled, all our metals, so that means foil, the tubes that the colors come in. So every single bottle that, that holds anything that we use professionally can be recycled. The paper's the same with all the paper. There's, what else is there? The, the hair that we cut that used to just get thrown away now goes into these things called hair booms. So it's like a great big sausage kind of with a kind of netty fabric that holds all the hair in and they put them in the ocean for oil slick. So it absorbs the oil slicks in the ocean. Even the chemicals, so if we mix up a little bit too much colour, that would usually go into the garbage or get washed down the drain. Now it goes into like a special bin. They process it. They do some sort of magic. I'm not sure it is. You have to ask them. But it cleans it up and then it turns it into water that they use in industry. So they use it for road making and any kind of industry. So they're not using water that we need to drink and, and wash in. So 100% of... All the waste that you produce Literally is recycled. The only thing that we we found, and we've only been doing it for about three, four months now, so instantly our garbage bin went from being so full that I could hardly get it in there to the only thing we use were these tiny little wipes. They're like half the size of a of a makeup wipe that we use to take the color around the edges. And we've actually now found a solution we can use on a towel that we no longer need to use these wipes. They were the only thing that went in the bin except for our lunch waste. Mm. That's it, nothing. So how much waste do you produce, say, oh, okay. in, in the last four months, how much okay. waste have you produced? So we went, what I realized very quickly, having to do it a different way. So the way they do it, they give you separate bins. So we have a hair bin, we have a bin for metals, we have a bin for plastics, we have a bin for paper. So you have to separate it, which is really easy because generally there's an area where we use the hair, there's an area where we put the foils, there's, you know, that kind of works. So it was very easy for us. What I figured out was we had those bins anyway in those particular areas and at the end of every day we would tie up the garbage bags and we'd put them in the big bin. It was five medium to large kitchen bags of rubbish a day we were producing and now nothing so that was a day and we we're open five days a week so what's that 25 garbage bags of you know rubbish that we were producing that is gone now per week for two dollars a client so the industry is changing. It's in a moment where oh, yeah. it's really changing. And one of the other things that's changing is around the use of vegan products. Yes. So, so what vegan products are available and where, where can you go that you know of uh, where you can get so, vegan products? Well, I would say probably more than half of the products that we purchase now 
uh, you know, shampoos, conditioners, moisturizing products, styling products now are vegan friendly. So that would mean that this is in my simple understanding that any of the proteins that they put in there have now come from plant derivatives rather than coming from, you know, animal derivatives because protein is really necessary in most of the hair care products. It's what, it's what gives your hair strength. And, you know, we like to play around with our hair and a lot of times it lacks strength. So protein's really important. Um, and yeah, the fact that they've now found a way to do it through plants rather than, you know, animals is amazing. And it's, look, most things, there's, you know, it's in beauty products as well. I, I, I was saying before, it made you laugh, but I couldn't understand why they needed to put vegan on, onto it, thinking, are people stupid enough to eat it? But then I realized, okay, there's so much more to vegan than just what you eat. <laughs> So what, what kind of vegan products do you use here? Um, so, yeah, so so a lot of our shampoos, I, I'm not sure of the name, the name brands. I, I couldn't tell you. A lot of our retail, a lot of our styling products are vegan friendly. You know, the bright colors that people put through their hair, that's all vegan friendly. I'm 100% sure about that because we checked. A lot of the lighteners are vegan friendly. Most of what we're using, and I'm pretty sure our main coloring system, which is RPR, is definitely vegan friendly because we checked that one. But there could be a few that I'm not 100% sure on. I don't want to say yes for sure. But yeah, like I definitely think if you wanted to go that route, there's everything that you needed could be that way. Mm -hmm. It's just that sometimes things are a little bit tricky and I'm all about making sure the client's happy and if I can't get it with that I'll find it in another product so I can't be sure that every one of them is but we're getting there. Well I want to go back to your hairdressing salon yeah. and what people like. What's what's the most favorite haircut here? Oh there isn't a favorite haircut I think. I think everybody loves that curly messy sort of soft stuff. We here try and do that thing where whatever looks good for you so whatever works for you is really kind of the way we're doing it but we love we love a bit of curly messy beach kind of hair we love a bit of funky cool kind of shaved on the sides and you know hot pink we love a bit of everything there's not a haircut remember in the old days when we were young and we would say what's the haircut this year they don't do that anymore so shaggy messy almost 70s looking hair much more layers much more layers which i'm thrilled about and the reason you asked me was because we started speaking about the mullet well i do want to talk about the mullet <laughs> i love the mullet because because and there's a resurgence yes, in yes. the adoption of the mullet so and it's been adopted by very many different people internationally really yes, all around the world huge. look I recall the mullet because, again, I did train in the 80s. So I recall the mullet as not the mullet. It wasn't called the mullet. It was just a layered haircut. And I was saying to you, it's such a flattering haircut because most people could do with a little bit of height because it tends to lengthen our faces. It takes the width out of our face because you're a bit either shorter or sleeker at the sides. And then a little bit of length sort of elongates you and gives you a bit of makes you look taller and slimmer and we all want that so it was a really flattering haircut and it most people had it it was just a very extreme form of cutting layers because instead of it being a tiny little you know little little bit of layering from sort of one angle to the next it was this great big short bit that had to go into a great big long bit so it was really interesting hairdressing too because you had to sort of work your arms around and you know make it make it work for the client so it was great fun 
It was later on that started people started calling it the mullet. I'm like, why? What's wrong with it? <laughs> I loved it when it was around. Like, hair changes all the time. We always have these haircuts that nobody wears anymore, and then it comes back again 20 years later. I didn't realize the mullet was a mullet until later, and, and people started calling it that. I'm like, maybe we didn't know in our area. Marrickville, it was encouraged. <laughs> Everyone loved it. Anyway, and it's all back. So the shag sort of more layers. You know, the 90, no, the 2000s, everyone had straight, blunt. Everyone was using their straighteners within an inch of their life and it was all flat and boring and horrible. And then it started getting curly again and everybody got some, you know, waves into it. And now that's not enough. So we want a bigger hair again. Dolly Parton's back in fashion. So we all want big hair. So you have to cut more layers. So the more layers, the closer you get to a mullet. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, but I want something totally different. Let's shave the sides off. And then you've got the mullet. So now they're going really extreme. So very shaved sides really extreme layers so that kind of makes it a bit more cool and funky but the mullet has always been the the hairdresser's love we love it because it's quite extreme it's really out there depending on how long you go on the sides look at ziggy stardust that's you know those kind of mullets that's the 70s so how did it get the name the mullet well apparently i had to look it up myself apparently it was the beastie boys put out a song and cast aspersions on my favorite haircut and then it got called the mullet I think it was called Mullet Boy or something, the song. I had to look it up myself. I didn't really know. <laughs> so I just agreed with it, okay, for everybody saying it's horrible, but I secretly love it. And I have multiple photos I can show you of me with a mullet over the years. <laughs> and, it, and it was just layers. It was layers, more layers. But can I keep my length, but shorter on top, and suddenly you have a mullet again. <laughs>